Hello, this is Pastor Ray Curry Jr., and I am grateful for everyone watching the unction tonight. I want to say to you that this is going to be a very special unction episode, and uh, as you can already see from this camera angle, it's already starting off very special. <laughs> but what we're going to talk about is, is my church a cult? Is my church a cult? Uh, you saw the graphic when we first came up. Uh, I'm going to give you a hint. If you see one of your leaders on this graphic, I probably am under the impression that your church is a cult. Rather, it's that um, Hillsong, Elevation, Bethel, um, the movement under Ebenard Jordan, Geno Jennings, Ellen um, G. White, or Bishop Bailey. You got the House of Prayer, the Seven Day Adventist. Now, I know that might seem like, wow, that is a broad spectrum. But for me, anything that puts the supremacy of a pastor or leader over the supremacy of Jesus Christ, I take it not to be of God. So um, we're going to just start and, and uh, we're going to go into a lot of biblical discussion you know, when, when you get into some deep things, and I've noticed this, when I get into deep discussions about deep theological themes, I notice that the enemy starts to fight. I have one of my uh, iPhones that don't cooperate very much. And um, what I'm saying is I've had to use my, my uh, iPad camera to get this going. But you know what? We're going to get the work done. It's going to be good tonight. It's going to be very interesting, and uh, we're, we're having a lot of comments come in already. We're having a lot of uh, people who are inboxing me. Hey, brother, how you doing? The King and I, 2007, Gene, uh, 65, uh, Tanger Cooper, we appreciate you all. We're going to get this thing going tonight. I know everyone looks for me on Mondays, but this is going to be great. You, you really need to share this. Is my church a cult? Let's go into the scripture because you know me. We're going to give you the word and we're going to depend on the unction of the Holy Ghost. What is the unction? The unction is charisma, the anointing referring to the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit, the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. So one thing about this channel, we depend on the Holy Spirit to teach us. You don't have to think like I think. I'm not a cult leader. You don't have to believe like I believe on everything. I'm not a cult leader. The Bible says we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. So we're all growing together. Iron is supposed to sharpen iron. So now let's go into the scripture. Is my church a cult? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. I have so many people commenting, sharing. I, I mean, Lord Jesus, I'm trying to get through this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken, listen in mind, or be troubled, neither listen to this list, by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter. You're going to need that in a minute. As from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Okay. Apostle Paul was saying that he didn't want the people of God to be troubled in their mind. And he said there are three indicators. 
Now, he was talking specifically about the coming of Jesus Christ. But when it comes to being solid in your beliefs and your doctrine and your faith, he said there are three indicators that I want you to look for. He said, I don't want you to be shaken in word or in spirit or in letter. All right. He said, I don't want you to be shaken. So look, look at it. It said, don't be shaken in spirit, in word or in letter. So let's go. Let's, let's go a little deeper now. Now, you know me, I'm going to go grab the, the, the Greek. If I see something, I'm going to grab the Greek because I want to know what are you saying here? What are these three indicators? If you see it in the Greek, it is spirit is pneuma, logos is the, the Greek for word, and letter is epistolus, okay? So he's saying there are three indicators, and there are two indicators that I'm not going to be heavy, heavy on tonight because people can argue with things that they feel like they grasp in their mind. But out of these three things, there's one indicator that you can't argue with. Out of these three indicators, there's one indicator that you cannot argue with. And I, I'm going to give it to you. See, when it comes to the word, the logos, that can be apprehended. When it comes to the letter, the epistolus, the epistles, all right, the word would be the logos or the scriptures. The epistolus would be the letter from the preacher. So that would be the preacher's interpretation of the scriptures, okay? But the one thing you just can't lie to when something is ringing in your spirit, when something is ringing in the pneuma, y'all help me out here. When something is ringing in the pneuma, in the spirit, it don't matter how many scriptures somebody quote to you, it don't matter how many uh, interpretations a preacher gives to you. Once something starts to ring in your spirit, ding, 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 something ain't right. Ding, 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 we're in the wrong place. Ding, 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 something is off in this building. Once something starts to happen inside of your spirit, you can't get away from that truth. You can't get away from that truth. And what I want to harp on tonight is letting you know that there are things you are seeing with the spirit. There are things that you are experiencing in the spirit. And no matter how much you've argued with the scriptures and no, no matter how much you've dismissed other interpretations, when you're in these cults and you belong to Jesus Christ, the spirit of God is going to keep pulling at your heart. He's going to keep drawing you he's gonna keep indicating to you that something is wrong here come on and help me out here in these comments it says uh i watch Derek prince just about daily for good teaching i got disenfranchised with my church because i have no value as a human unless i was serving that's that's a cult it's very common it says please don't get disenfranchised with god people will mistreat you not god amen amen now, 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 let's let's go on. Let's go forward. I told you that the spirit will keep crying out to you. So let's go here first. What is a cult? Here's a good working definition. A cult is a, a per perversion of the gospel based on an unholy devotion to a person, a principle, or both. A cult is a perversion of the gospel based upon an unholy devotion to a person, a principle, 
or both. Okay, now let me give it to you in some more broader terms, some more down-to-earth terms, help you understand what I'm talking about here. Let me move my graphic at the bottom. What is a cult? When your church is based on one scripture or set of core values, which takes precedent over the totality of scripture, or when your leader or church is the final court of arbitration as the interpreter of scripture. Come on back here. You know you are dealing with a cult mentality. And I, and I don't mean to throw a whole bunch of people out because I have no denomination. Christ is not divided. But here's what I do want you to understand. The Bible is supposed to interpret individual scriptures. Oh, Lord, I'm about to help somebody. The totality of scripture is what give meaning to the individual scripture. But when you're part of an organization that takes one individual scripture and uses the one scripture to define the totality of scripture, red flag, red flag, red flag. Someone else, uh, uh, aerosoli. Arasoi, I don't know names. 76, I'm definitely not disenfranchised with God for sure. We're all humans and we all fall short. I just need to find a place where I belong. I definitely understand that. And 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 that's a good way to be, uh, 76. I don't know how to say your name. That's a good way to be. We're all human. Every last one of us, your preacher, your teacher, your apostle, your prophet, your bishop, your pope, which ain't a thing. We're all humans. Uh the only daddy we're supposed to be um, we're supposed to be praising or lifting up is Father God. And I'm going to get to that scripture a little later because we're talking about occult mentality. Can we keep going? Is that all right? Is, is that all right? Now, here is how you're going to be able to identify if you're dealing with a cult. See, because people want you to argue over scriptures and argue over... Um, verses and, and, and argue over stances. But like I said earlier, the one thing that's going to cut through all of that is when God deals with you in the spirit. Because if you belong to him, the spirit draws you. Jesus said, no man coming to me unless my father draw him. All right. So when you belong to God, something in your spirit just keep coming up and you can't figure it out. So here is Jesus gave a clue in, in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. I don't have the, um, the, the Matthew written at the top, but I have 15 here uh, out in 16. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 and 16. This is how you know you're dealing with a cult. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them, look at verse 16, by their fruits do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles whoa buddy jesus knew it jesus knew it jesus knew that our hearts are deceitful above all things who can know it 
Jesus knew that we think we're so smart. We got a grip on the word. We got a grip on doctrine. We got a grip on what things mean. So Jesus had to give us a blueprint of really how to identify them. He didn't say you'll know them by the words they say. He didn't say you'll know them by uh, how solid the logic is. Jesus said, you going to figure it out when you look at the fruit. Lord, help me today. Lord, help me today. I am teaching better than the church is receiving. You will know them by the fruits because one thing a cult can never produce is the fruit of God's spirit. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm trying to give the secret here. People are, are in these ministries where you have to worship the brand. Come on here, Elevation. Come on here, Hillsong. Come on here, Bethel, where you have to worship the brand and you better not say nothing about the brand and you better not do anything to make the brand look bad and the pastor is the brand and you have to make sure you support the pastor because if we're supporting the pastor, we're supporting the brand. Come on here. You are in these places and you will find yourself not being able to operate in the fruits of God's spirit. You will constantly find yourself having to be good enough, having to produce enough, having to uh, get more numbers, having to perform, have better performance. You will find yourself always trying to compete because being in a cult setting will always have a shortage of the fruit of God's spirit. Come on in here. Come on in here. Thank you, Tanger Cooper. Thank you, Juanita uh, Danzi. Thank you. See, the, these people... I wanted to say that, and that's why I brought Elevation and Hillsong and Bethel and all them in the conversation. Because when we think cults, we think everybody out in a field holding hands, running in a circle with a man on the porch with dark glasses on, with a shotgun in his hand, talking about dance, my children. And then at 7 o'clock, we all go drink some Kool-Aid and then uh, make ourselves go away and then float up to the mothership. That's what we think. This is what we think when we say cult. But here's where the word cult uh, uh, has grown into. It's also uh, the word that is the prefix of culture. Listen. Listen. It says, do I have anyone that I recommend? Uh, 76. I, I want to tell you, I recommend just solid Bible teaching right now. Solid Bible teaching. Someone asked me for a recommendation because they don't want to run into crazy people. And I want to tell you what I recommend right now is solid biblical teaching. Just get solid biblical teaching because um, people want you to go into their way of thinking and their way of understanding. But if you build everything on the scriptures first, then you can go from there. I like um, Dr. Walter Martin. He, he's gone on. I like um, there's one guy named Corey. I think his name is Corey Henry or something like that. Be smart. Uh, Bible channel. I like, uh, there's another guy named Mark. He, he These just solid Bible teachers right now because when people get into what they hear in voices and they see in visions and, and God gave them a new uh, revelation, all this kind of stuff, they're, they're wasting your life. Another problem is people who, Lord, I, I could go on this for three hours, people who keep trying to reinvent the wheel. The Bible say what it says. Every time you find a, a pastor that's trying to reinvent the wheel and say, oh, no, you're not thinking about the scriptures the right way. Oh, let me show you what God really means. That is someone that you know to immediately turn off, turn them off, turn them off. 
Every time you see him, he giving you a new revelation. Adam didn't. You, you got people on here talking about Adam didn't have no ears. He didn't have no eyes. What are you talking about? You don't know doctrine. You don't know the Bible. You don't understand what was happening in chapter one in that uh, chapter two of Genesis is a retelling of the creation story in more detail. And you don't understand that. So you're saying crazy stuff. Oh, Lord have mercy. It says um, solid biblical teaching doesn't have to be in the church building. That's right, King and I. That's right. Kingdom of the cults. Thank you, Joseph Early. Somebody know me. So, somebody, my brother out here, Joseph Early. Somebody's my brother out here. Kingdom of the Cults by Walter Martin. Good read. Good read. If you can get the old original one, good read. The reason why I love Walter Martin, and I'm going to get back into my lesson. The reason why I love Walter Martin is because he can speak this Bible in Corne Greek the way you can speak it in English. I, I, I love people who know what they're talking about. All right. So once again, let me get back to my lesson. The reason I brought in Elevation Hill Song, Bethel, those type of ministries, I want to say Anwar, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to beat nobody, First Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ. The reason why I wanted to bring in these other uh, ministry names is because when you think of cult, you think of somewhere in Guyana. You think of some somebody putting you on a bus and running you out in the field. No, culture is where the word cult uh, prefixes. First, it's a cult, and it becomes a culture, all right? And that's why there are some movements who have just nestled down into it and say, yeah, I am a cult because I'm building a culture, all right? And there are movements who have gone that way. Bob Larson's book on cults as well, absolutely. We, we need good, solid knowledge. And, and once again, once you have a good biblical stance, then you depend on the unction. That's what the unction is. Because the, the books say what they say, but only the Holy Spirit can interpret it. The Bible and the books, it, these are like maps. But the Holy Ghost is a map key. You need a map key that keep you from going crazy. Lord have mercy. Crystal Moore, God bless you. All right, so these people create their own cultures, and that's why you can't do nothing. To, they're so protective of the brand over at Elevation. They're so protective of the prophet over there at Bethel. They're so protective over it. Why? Because that is the cult. They've created their own cult, and they will do anything to protect the, the, the brand, even if they got to throw out the Bible. And when you will make the scriptures, that's why I was saying earlier, when you make the scriptures have to bow down to the brand, when you make the scriptures have to bow down to the preacher, when you take one scripture out of the Bible and make the whole Bible bow down to one scripture that you've taken out of the text and out of the context, you have created a cult. But Jesus said, how are you going to know them? You're going to know them by their fruit. You will never produce the fruit of God's spirit. Look at it again. Beware false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. You shall not know them because, let me tell you something. You shall not know them by how smart you are. You shall not know them by how much scripture you learned. You shall not know them by how great you are of a logical thinker. You're going to know it by the fruit. Like I said, when it comes to the logos, you can miss it. When it comes to the, the uh, uh, epistolas, the epistles, you can miss it. But something in the pneuma, something in the pneuma will always tell you the truth. 
Something in the spirit will always tell you the truth. Why is it that we the only church that's right, but yet we treat each other like trash? Come on here. Come on here. Why is it that we're the only church that's right, but every time I walk in this building, I'm filled with anxiety? Why is it that we the only church that's right, and yet we got these elders who did the stuff to these little children, and he back in the pulpit three months later? Why is it that we the only church that's right, and we can't keep marriages and families together, people coming in stone-faced trying to fake the funk? We the only church that's right. But I'm not smiling because I'm really happy. I'm smiling because I'm afraid if I come to church and show them how I really feel, they're going to beat me half to death from this pulpit. Come on in here. Come on in here. You will know them by the fruit. You will know them by the fruit because you can lie to yourself with the logos. You can lie to yourself with the epistolas, the epistles. You can lie to yourself with that. But something in the spirit, the pneuma, is going to keep showing up. It's going to keep showing up. It's going to keep showing up. And that's what I want to, to read like tonight. Because when people get on here, I, I am a Bible teacher also. And when I see my other brothers, they're trying to prove to you through the scripture. And prove to you through the scripture, which I'm going to give you the scripture. But you know what's going to always say it to you? The spirit. The spirit, I don't care how much you lie to yourself, the spirit is going to cut through you deluding yourself and lying to yourself and saying this is not a cult. This is not a cult. We just holy. The world just don't accept us. We just holy. And the Holy Spirit, if you belong to Jesus, he, the Holy Spirit is going to keep cutting through and saying that ain't it. <laughs> that ain't it. You lying to yourself. This is a cult. This is a cult. Get out. Get out. Get out. And the Holy Ghost is going to make you seek him. It's going to keep happening. It's going to keep happening. All right. Is my church a cult? How do you know through the fruit? Now, I want to show you the tactics of the cult leader. Can we go further? Let's go to the tactics of the cult leader. Here's one that I grew up on. Oh, my goodness. Fear. Now, let's look at what the Bible says and let's see how the cults operate. Romans 8, 15. For ye have not received the spirit. Spirit, I'm telling you that Numa don't lie. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. All right, let me tell you something. Right off the bat, if you are in a place where you have to constantly prove you love Jesus, you're in a cult. You in a place where you're in constant danger of hell all the time, you're in a cult. If you're in a place where if you know you've been walking up right before God, but if the pastor don't like you this week, you can't be saved, you don't really know the Lord, you're in a cult. He has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and soundness. We have not received the spirit of of bondage again to fear. What does this mean? We're not under the law. We're not under the bondage of the law as bond servants. We're under the true law of Christ on which all the law hangs, which Lord Jesus, if, if I get in here with the, I don't feel like fighting a whole bunch of other people. But we, we have two wheels on this bike. Love God with everything you got. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the law, okay? But here's the thing. When you, when you have the spirit of God and you're walking around in constant fear, 
You have constant fear of your salvation. You have someone always talking about, you better do what I say. So-and-so didn't listen to me. The Lord cut them off. See, y'all don't know me. Y'all, y'all don't know. I, I grew up in this stuff. You better listen to me. So-and-so didn't listen to what I was saying. Their husband walked out on them. So-and-so didn't listen to what I was saying. Their wife left them. You better listen to me. I'm telling you, I'm trying to warn you, son. I'm trying to warn you, daughter. The Lord spoke to me. He said he going to get you. Oh, man, going to get me. The Bible says that in there, talking about the wrath of God. God have not appointed me to wrath. <laughs> God has not appointed me to wrath. Wrath is for an enemy. Wrath is not for children. Wrath is for an enemy. Wrath is not for children. Because what is wrath? It's unbridled anger. I don't take my son, my daughter upstairs and body slam them and kick them in the neck and punch them and hurt them and burn them. That's not because that would be wrath. Chastisement is for a child. Now, if you have a child, God love who he chasing him. And the Bible says he's scourge of every son. He expects us to be better. He expects us to be holy. So the Lord will allow us to go through trials and tests because he want to sharpen us and make us better. But God is not here for our harm. He knows the thoughts he have towards us. Thoughts for good and not of harm. Thank you, Sister Danzy. This is demonic. This is cultic. I have received the spirit of adoption. When you are in the, the true will of Christ, you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We have a new identity in God now. I have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. I have a spirit of adoption. I look up to God and say, this is my father. So Kim Durden said, I experienced that from my old church. The pastor trying to control who talked to, and if they leave the church, that's not biblical, especially if they didn't backslide. Amen. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself. That's that's absolutely. Oh, yes, that's an abuse of scripture. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves to them. It's not for control. But the Bible turns around and says that you who are leaders uh, the Bible says, do not be lords over God's heritage, but be an example. We lead by example. And just like Jesus, the reason why we can call Jesus Lord is because he was the greatest servant. Teach your leaders the Bible. Please teach your leaders the Bible. Share this with your leaders. Share this with these sorry church leaders. The reason why we could call Jesus Lord is because he was God's greatest servant. And Jesus said, let the greatest among you be the servant of all. And the reason why there is submission in the church is because it is necessary for the pastor to serve. In order for him to serve you well, he needs you to work with him as he is working for you for God. Lord, have mercy. That's why there's submission to leadership, because they are there to serve you, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, because the Bible says that would not be profitable for you. People get this thing all wrong, taking and twisting the scriptures, and I'm sick of it, and they use these fear tactics they threaten your children. I had, Let me tell you something. I want to testify now and tell you what I had to go through. I went to a church where they went through my whole family with these prophecies. Your wife, 
I saw her in the hospital. Oh, you, I saw her in the hospital. And uh, she was so sick. And then they, they went to my older son. I saw that the Lord was going to burn your older son. Tell me these ain't witches. The Lord, oh, your older son was so burnt up. Oh, God. Then it went to my oldest daughter. Oh, I saw that she died. Saw your, this really happened to me. I saw that she died. And you had to bring her to me for her to come back. I had to pray for the Lord. Brought her back to life. Then uh, I got a prophecy about my next daughter. Yeah, she's going to be born. I saw something was wrong. She's going to be born with a problem. My daughter is sharp, sharp as a whip. Then at the end, they got to my last baby while my wife was pregnant and said, yeah, the Lord said you're going you're gonna to lose this baby. You're not, you're not going to be able to carry her. Um, but don't, don't worry. You can try again. I mean, every last one of my family members wish death upon them. Why am I crying out so bad? Why am I so adamant? Because I live this thing. And I thank God that my last baby, she is up there playing around. She is everywhere and in everything. Lord have mercy. Bless her heart. The Lord has made the devil out of a liar. And I am on here to tell you, be free. I live through it. I live through it. Share, like, subscribe, hit the bell. Share, like, subscribe, hit the bell. I am here to testify to people that I live through it. Don't let your cult leader pastor fool you. There is life after a cult. I'm telling you, we were so filled with fear that when I first left, I was looking for lightning strikes. I was scared to pump gas. I'm telling you, God had to set me free and deliver me and let me know that there is no God but God and that no man is able to take me out of his hand. God had to show me that he is on the throne and he is the author and the finisher of my faith. And because I've learned to trust in him, God gave me a ministry. He gave me a family. He gave me some new friends. I thought, let me tell you why people can't leave. I'm going to tell you why people can't leave because you think those are the only people on earth. If they shut you out, come on here. Come on here. Come on here, 26 people. People think if they shut me out, who I'm going to be friends with, who I'm going to have family with, who am I going to be connected to. There are people that I knew for 20 and 30 years of my life. And I said, Lord Jesus, I'm going to have to leave these people. I'll never have a relationship with them again. But one day my wife, was she was crying. And she said, Ray, it seemed like the whole world is against us because my family had left that mess. And my wife said, it seemed like the whole world is against us. And God fixed my mind and said, it's only 70 people down at the end of a street. There are 7 billion plus people on the, on the planet. And the Lord has let me know that he got children everywhere. He got children everywhere. He showed me who his real family is. He showed me what the kingdom really looked like. And now I can't run out of family. I can't run out of love. I can't run out of friends. I can't run out of support. Because God showed me that greater is he that is in me. Good God in heaven. Come on. I want, come on, 22 guru, Eddie, um, Eddie. The Bartolo, I can't, Lord, Eddie, I tried, I tried to get the name. Y'all help, share, subscribe, uh, like, share, subscribe. I want to keep going. Fear is the first thing that they like to use. Here's the next thing, guilt. But look, look at what the Bible say. They use guilt, but look what God said. And that's why I wanted to, that's why I wanted to put these scriptures on here because the cults are lying to you, but the scripture's saying something else. They using guilt, but let's see what God say. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Cults have a way. I mean, the Catholic Church did it best. The Catholic Church did it best. If you did something wrong, you go to confessional. And when you go to confessional, you tell those people what you did wrong. And then later on, they say, hey, the church need about uh, $1 million, Mr. Rich Man. Remember you told me what you did with your nephew? So uh, the church need a million dollars, and we need you to come over here. Uh, it says, tell me what happened, brother. I came in late. <laughs> God bless you. Hopefully we can get it all. But saints of God. The Catholic Church used to use people's sins to beat them for the rest of their life. Here's the next tactic that cults like to use. I went to a church because I'm, I'm testifying. I went to a church. You could have done something wrong in 1983. And they will preach today like you just walked out the room doing whatever you did in 1982. These people will never let nothing go. Why? Because the guilt is a tool to control your life. The guilt is a tool to say, hey, you remember what you did, brother? And this this is me because I'm, I'm one. I'm not innocent. I did some dirt. Oh, I committed hard adultery. I did wrong in my life, okay? So I'm telling you the truth. This is what happened to me. They wanted to control me so bad. Okay, thank you, grudges. Grudges, I'm, I'm going to get to them grudges. They wanted to hold me so bad. Every time I went there, they was like, you know what you did? Son, you ought to be glad the Lord brought your family back together. Oh, you ought to be glad. Oh, you know what you've done wrong. You shouldn't have. Oh, God, go get you. And every time you spoke up for yourself, every time you speak up for yourself, when they use you and, and work you and, and play around with you, do stuff wrong, every time you speak up for yourself, they'll say, now you know you, you ought to be grateful for what God did. You better be quiet. You need to be quiet. You know what you did. Now, God ain't pleased with you. And they'll hold this over your head. And let me say this. These cults hate the image of God. Come on. Come on. The spirit of Jezebel hate the image of God. Now, this goes to you Herodian cults. These are the cults that say you can be wicked and sinful and God just don't mind whatever you did. Let me tell you something, you Herodians. Y'all don't like the image of God. The man is the most hated, a uh, holy, righteous, upright man is the most hated thing in the Herodian circles of a church. They don't mind if a, a man is a part of the LGBTQ community. They don't mind if a man is sleeping around in the church. They don't mind if the man don't care about the word, don't have any biblical standards. But when a man stands up and say, hey, the Bible is right. What God said about men is right. What God said about women is right. When a man do that, he become public enemy number one. And what happens to that man? All of a sudden, anything he says is wrong. And they will discredit the image of God. And, and here's what they love to say. We're talking about guilt. Here's what they love to say about men. Brother, the Lord let me know you got a lust spirit. I'm about to throw my phone. Brother, the Lord let me know you got a lust spirit. Pentecostal holiness, apostolics. Y'all know what I'm talking about. People talking about they got discernment. Man, ain't the sky blue? Ain't grass green? If you a man and you ain't funny, you like women until the Lord get you past that stage. 
And what happens is they try to use the the heterosexuality of a cisgender man, whatever they say nowadays. They try to use that against him in order to make their sins valid. But I want to encourage the men on tonight and say, stand up, stand up and be men, stand up and be counted. Keep telling them that the Bible is right. Keep telling them that the that you can't play with my senses and emotions just because y'all want to shout and, and toot y'all behind out in them tight suits. You're not going to sit up here and beat me up because I'm working on my, no, all sin is sin, my sin is sin, your sin is sin. Uh, and and, and let, let me go out. I was pushed out of the last church I worked at for standing. Come on, William. Amen. Boy, y'all bringing up so much. Now, let's talk about let's talk about the grudges. How is it that y'all the only ones that's right, and there's no spirit of forgiveness in the church? Come on here, come on here. Touch not my anointed, Lord Jesus. Y'all calling out too much tonight. How is it that y'all the only ones that got the the true doctrine and the right doctrine, and y'all don't have a spirit of forgiveness? That means that your church cannot be right. It can't be right. Because the Bible says, if you do not forgive your brother, how can your heavenly father forgive you? So if you're a church that hold grudges, hold people's mistakes over their heads, can't forgive one another, something happened three and four months ago, you still preaching on it, you still throwing off, you still making comments, how are you going to be the only church that's right and there is no spirit of forgiveness in the church. Can I tell you about reconciliation? Reconciliation is an accounting term. People who are spiritually bankrupt can't reconcile. They don't have no money. People who are spiritually bankrupt don't know how to reconcile books because they don't have no spiritual currency. You're not blood bought. You're not redeemed. You're not set back on the rock. So you can't forgive people. But if you've really been redeemed, you know that you've sinned and you've come short of the glory of God. You know that God has forgiven you of much. So you learn to forgive your brother. Most churches are void of love, loveless ministries. Loveless ministries. Amen. And then they love to say things like, uh, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. First of all, you're not the Mashiach. <laughs> That's the first thing. But anyway, the second problem is this. We're all chosen in the Mashiach. We all have been anointed through the anointed one. And if you are saved, you are anointed. I want to help somebody. Who shall lay the charge to God's elect? If you are saved, you are just as valid a child of God as the pastor. I just have a different assignment. If you are saved, you are just as much holy as the pastor. I just have a different assignment. You know what makes you holy? Jesus, the blood. <laughs> you learn to walk in that holiness. Uh, uh, the, the pastor, the apostle, the, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, teacher learns to walk in that holiness. And we might submit ourselves more in that holiness, but what makes you holy is Jesus. Jesus is what makes you holy by himself. Hallelujah. I feel the unction right there. That's right. You have no need that any man should teach you, but you're having an unction. 
Hallelujah. The blood, the blood. It, it, Brother William just said, my wife and I were just talking about this this morning. We are studying Ezekiel. There is no hierarchy in the body of Christ, period. The Bible says, let the greatest among you become the servant of all. It's not about hierarchy. It's about giftings. It's, it's not about I'm better than you. I have a different assignment than you. I'm not better than you. I'm not greater than you. I have a different assignment than you. Your assignment might be to worry about you and your family, your money, your kids, and you just worry about you, yours, and yours. But my assignment is God has called me and gifted me to be a shepherd to his flock, an under-shepherd under the great shepherd. He is the bishop and shepherds of our souls. And I just have an assignment in that. And he gave me a gifting. Lord, have mercy. We need to learn to uh, serve the people of God. Oh, my God, I can create, uh, uh, relate, Booker, LaSandra Booker, to all these stories. What is wrong? Jesus, help, help, help. I'm, I'm here to encourage the body. Like, share, subscribe. Tell people about what's going on here. This is a good one tonight. This is a good one tonight. Guilt has been used to control the people of God. Now, look at this one. Abuse. I don't understand this one. Abuse. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 19 and 20. For you suffer fools gladly. I'm about to get to Jordan and Larry Reed and all that. Uh, Brian Carn and people who talk to you crazy. Uh, for ye suffer fools gladly, seeing ye yourselves are wise. For ye suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, get your money, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you in the face. You suffer that. What I don't understand is, why are you not no good preacher if you're not abusive? I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with the people. Uh, you come to them humbly you come to them as a servant you come to them to serve and to lift them and, and to give them the word of god but people look down on you when you don't smack them in the face and paul had the same problem paul had the same problem this man came in he didn't look fabulous the bible says that he went i think it was in galatia it said his eye had he had gotten hit in the eye something happened where it was infected and he said that the people felt so bad for him that they would have gave him their eye. Read, read it in the word of God. And he was always a humble man. So when he went to Corinthians, the Corinthian city, if you read the A, man, flashing light, it was Las Vegas. It was the Las Vegas of the Bible. And, and Paul, when he went there, they looked at him like, nah, you know, the people were stupid. And I'm going to get to that later. In, in Corinth, the people was like, nah, I follow Apollos. Uh-uh, Apollos, girl, he can hoop. Apollo, oh, he is bad. You, have you ever heard Apollos preach? That boy can preach because he was he was the hooper. Then you had other people. That that's your your Herodians who want to make a celebrity pastor. Let's go to the the Pharisees who want a celebrity pastor. Then he said, some people said, I am of Caiaphas, which was Peter. So uh, you had the Peter group who were the more the traditionalists, and that's your Pharisee Christians. That's still all flesh. Those are your Geno Genesis followers. Man, ain't nobody preaching the truth like he preaching the truth. Uh-uh, he don't preach all that compromise and that nonsense. Oh, no, uh, Peter's standing on the word. Peter's standing on the word. And then you have Paul. People saying, oh, I follow Paul because he's the most scholarly in his presentation. He's a scholarly preacher. He understands the Greek and 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 uh, the Hebrew, and he understands the roots of it. And, and, they, and Paul had to rebuke him and say, what's wrong with y'all? Are you not carnal-minded? 
And this is what's wrong with the people. The people would rather get smacked. The, the people would rather get beat. The people would rather get cussed out. The people would rather get used. If you don't go places using folk, they feel like you ain't made it. If I don't take, people look at me because I won't take your money and buy Prada and put on a three-piece suit and, and, and drive in a Maybach, I ain't nobody. But if I did it, if I preached for money, i get that money. Lord have mercy. Y'all understand. I've been out here. I haven't been on stage with all these people. Todd Hall, I need to buy them and all these people. I've been out here with these people. I could, I could name drop and name drop and name drop. I know how to play the game. I know how to prophesy to you. All I have to do, Lord Jesus, it's a joke. It's a joke. Please don't get mad at me. But this is my joke. All I have to tell, all I have to do is get 12 people who get a monthly check from the government that they apostles. That's all I got to do. That's all I, I'll never have to work again. <laughs> I'll never have to work again. If I just get 12 people who get a monthly check from the government and tell them they, my apostles, and tell them I'm going to get them a church if they just keep following me, I'll never work again. I know how to do it. I know what to do because they doing that. They got <laughs> Lord have mercy. Many start, many start going to church when they're in a vulnerable, broken state, and that's taken advantage of. Thank you, 2007. King and I, two, 2007. That is the truth. And and I'm going to get to that because what happens is uh, people are looking for answers, and uh, they don't want to have to think anymore. They don't have to think anymore. But I let, let me keep going. Let me keep going. People love abuse. People love abuse. People love to be taken advantage of. And, and if you feel like, if you feel like the person, you know what? You know what I think it is. I think that life has beat people down so bad. And uh, I hate to say it, especially from the African-American community. We were in slavery. And if you didn't operate like the slave master, then you must not be that valuable. And that's something I think is still imprinted upon our community. And I pray that the Lord deliver us from that. Because, like I said, one thing, this is one thing that I have got. This is one thing that I have got to give to uh, Hillsong. This is one thing I got to give to Hillsong. When Brian Houston and Carl Lentz and all them was doing all that crazy stuff, they say, you're going to respect our money. Sit down. You're going to respect our money. Sit down. Uh, when um, Jerry Falwell Jr. was... Uh, letting his wife lay with the pool boy and he's sitting in the corner watching and all that kind of stuff. Them people who was getting all that money at that college, they said, no, you're going to sit down. You might get up later or whatever you got to do or be on a, a back uh, board or whatever, but you're going to sit down and respect our money. But not, in, I don't know, it's just something about our community. Nope, you can just be as ignorant as I'll get up and we going to the next service. We taking up three offerings for you. And the only time we leave is when it happened to our wife, when it happened to our daughter. Then we want to get mad. Lord Jesus. Uh, and then LaRon and Nicole, I, I see that too. People think that God is teaching them long suffering when they sit there and take people mess. The Lord is trying to teach you how to endure. The Lord is trying to show you obedience. No, y'all jerks. Y'all wicked and y'all jerks. That's what it is. Stop abusing me. Stop talking to me like I'm a child. I'm grown like you grown. I'm saved like you saved. Stop talking to me like I'm a child. Now, here's another one. I can go on for two hours, 
but I'm I'm kind of racing against the clock here. Yes, people say it's generational curses, but it's generational learned behavior. I agree with that. Making the pastor into a god. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure, look at those words, exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. All right, here's what you got to understand. Jesus was anointed without measure. And all of us have a measure of faith given to us. But Paul was in the word and he was in the spirit and he got caught up in the third heavens and, and he saw so many mysteries that Paul said that there was in all of his spirituality and all of that exposure to the perfection of Jesus Christ, Apostle Paul still said, God had to give me a throne in my flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. He said, because if God didn't, I would get exalted above my measure. Once again, Jesus was anointed without measure. We are all given a measure of faith. Paul said that God had to give him a thorn in the flesh because he would be exalted above his measure. A proud spirit would get on him. Now, I want to get to the genos, the geno worshipers. These are the people on their website. See, once again, when you do the, the front page work, you don't get to see it. You got to go in the site and look at the page and read in between the lines where it said that he is our, our leader, our teacher. And here's where they lost me, where, where the truth came out. He said, our guide, G-U-I-D-E. Once he claimed to be the guide of the church, you just gave it away. Let me tell you about a wolf. He can't cover it all up. When you are a wolf in sheep's clothing, you can't cover it all up. You're going to know them by their fruit. That is a place of fear. That is a place of intimidation. That is a place where you can't have your own mind. That's a place where you're going to do whatever the pastor say. And if you have any other thoughts, you're going to get cut, killed, sliced, diced, fricassee. Let me tell you the truth. The people around Gino right now, look, look, look at him. He on there. I put him on there because he's a cult leader. I put him on there because he's a, a cult leader. The people around Gino don't believe everything Gino say. Maybe William do that boy you have reading all the time for. He might believe everything Gino say. But them people around Gino don't believe what they say. It's an environment of intimidation. It's an environment where if you speak up and say, well, I think there's a different meaning to that scripture. Well, I think there's another approach to that verse. Well, I think there's another. Then people say, uh-uh, you all have the same mind. Y'all mind the same thing. You know why? Because you're not allowed to think. His word is exalted above the scripture. His, like I said, what is a cult? What is a cult? In my definition at the end, when your leader or your church is the final court of arbitration as the interpreter of scripture. Now, it don't matter what the scriptures say to answer scripture. It don't matter what the apostles wrote in the original languages. Now it's all what did the pastor say? What did the preacher say? If you look at the first churches, if you look at all of their posts, it ain't Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's Gino, 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 Gino. Because he has replaced the Holy Spirit. He is their guide. 
He is the guide. But Jesus said when the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth. Come on in here. And that goes for the seven-day Adventist also under Ellen G. White. I saw a video with Walter Martin debating the the um, seven-day Adventist denomination. And when he got to the, the crux of it, he asked the man if the Bible says something and Ellen G. White says that the spirit of prophecy gave her something. He said, which one will you take? And the man said, I will believe what the spirit of prophecy revealed to Ellen G. White. And that is when you're in a cult. And the funny, the funny thing about a cult is you all, oh, Lord, can I say this one? Kim Durden. Here is the, here's the, the funny one. Here's the funny one. Everybody believes their cult is right. This, I wish we understood that when I was young. Because when I was younger, we was, we was the only church right. No, but nobody else knew what my apostle knew. No one else knows what my apostle knows. My apostle is the one. He's the wisest. He's the greatest. He's the voice of God on earth. And we were convinced like you are convinced. We were convinced of our cult too, just like you. We were convinced of our truth too, truth, just like you. And we had to realize, wow, we're not the only ones who think like this. We're not the only ones who believe to the, will lay down our life. We were contemplating if they tried to assassinate our leader, would, would I be prepared? Would I be prepared to lay down my life for the man of God? This is the craziness we had. Not lay down my life for the Lord. Not lay down my life for the truth. Not lay down my life for the cause of Christ. But we were trying to figure out if, if it came down to it. Silly spirits. The Bible says, for a righteous man, one would dare to die. <laughs> Yet Christ died for sinners. Lord have mercy. We were out of our minds. It says, I, I can write a book from what I witnessed throughout the year. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Lord have mercy. I, I, I could go on and on and on and on. I got a, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, the celebrity pastor. 1 Corinthians 3, 4, 5, this is Stephen Furtick, uh, the leader of Bethel, uh, Bill Johnson. Uh, this is the celebrity pastors over at Hillsong. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 4, and 5. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers. Wow. But ministers by whom ye believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. When everyone had to respect the brand and the leader and the pastor and everybody, oh, I, oh yes, I go to so-and-so church. It, it, I go to so-and-so church. Let me tell you something. Ain't nobody nothing but Jesus. One man plant, one man water, God give the increase. The celebrity pastor is a cult leader. This is why people can't get a breakthrough in these churches because everyone is trying to be a yes man to the pastor, a yes man to the first lady, a yes man to the first family. Kiss up to the first family. Why? Because that's how you get the power. That's how you get the control. It ain't through righteousness, holiness, purity. Uh, it's not through love, joy, uh, goodness, meekness, temperance, patience. It's not about long-sufferance and, and the fruits of the Spirit. It's all about, did you kiss up to the royal family? 
This is a cultic spirit. And people think, once again, you got to be in a field holding hands and walking around in a circle to be a cult. No, you can be right there in, 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 in superhero church with all the graphics and the lights and the nice music. You're a cult. Come out from among them and be separate. If the, if your, the brand is more important than the scripture, you got to go. You got to go. But then here's the one I really want to hit on before I get out of here. This honoring of marriages. Uh, Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. But homemongers and adulterers, God will judge. Uh, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. But homemongers and adulterers, God will judge. Anytime they want to use your wife but don't want to use the husband, cult. Anytime they want to use the husband don't want to use the wife, cult. Anytime they want to say, oh, you don't put your husband before God. You don't put your wife before God. You don't put your family before God. You don't put your children before God. No, 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 no. That's a cult. That is a cult. God wants marriages to stay together. God wants families to stay together. And I had a young lady, like I said on last night, that came to me and said, my husband wants to go out of town to wear a rehearsal, this and the other. I said, lady, go, go. Because, once again, my name not Brian Carn. I don't have no use for your wife. My name not Brian Carn. I don't have no use for your wife. I need marriages to stay together. I need families to stay together. I need for families to become stronger. Why? Because in this last day, we're filled with divorce in this land. And why would a ministry drive a wedge in between a husband and wife when God said that the believing wife, her Chase behavior can win the unbelieving husband. If anything, I want you to show that by being a part of this ministry, it makes me outstanding towards you. It makes me love you even more. It makes me pick you up even more. Here, here's somebody that says, my marriage was off limits. They knew not to mess with my husband, period. For real. Thank you. Thank you. And there are marriages that, that want to drop a wedge in between the families. This is wicked. If you are a real church of God, you should send that husband home. You know what? Your wife don't go here. Brother, here's a couple dollars this week. I don't do this all the time, but here's a couple dollars this week. Go get your wife some flowers. Go get your wife something sweet. Take your wife out to eat. Tell, let her know the church is, uh, gave y'all this, this dinner card so y'all can go out to eat. Uh, or or we'll, we'll babysit the, the children at the church this week so you can take your wife out, you can take your husband out. This is the stuff that need to happen in the churches. But when, when you see a church that's constantly wanting to drive a wedge with the husband or drive a wedge with the, the wife, let me tell you something. I'll be wary of any pastor in 2023. I'll be wary of any pastor who always want my husband with him. Lord have mercy. He's my armor bearer. He's my armor bearer. Man, you better put on the whole armor of God. You better put on the whole armor of God. I don't care what you're talking I can care. I don't even want you to bear my armor. I bear my own armor, brother. Get out of this room. I, don't, I need my brother to help me. Change. I don't need to help me change nothing. I got a wife. She pretty. I got a pretty wife. And I like my wife. <laughs> I'm not playing with this demon. When you dishonor marriages, there's something wrong with you. That there's something wrong with you. Um, so so I, I just I just gave a little bit tonight. I got so many comments. I got so so many replies. I, I remember um a husband, and I want to say this calmly. I'm too tickled. Say that. 
You know it. But I, I want to say this calmly because it's a crazy story, and it's somebody I love. Exactly. Where's the armor bearer in the New Testament? Nowhere. Nowhere. Put on the whole armor. This is my Andre. Women, too. This is my adjutant. You ain't going to adjutant nothing. My wife going to adjutant me. I don't know what that means, but she, she going to do it for me. She going to do it for me. Amen. Glory to God. Um. Now, listen, listen. That's a good point, too. Cults are usually made up of mostly men or mostly women because it, it's an appeal. And and when it looks, when you look over at the first church cult, you you know you notice that it's a uh, male driven cult. Um, but uh, anyway, I, there was a young man. I want to tell the story. It's it's gonna trip you out. It was a young man I love. He, he he's very important to me, and he had a breakdown. He was in this cult. It was so much fear. He had a breakdown, and he said that Jesus. I'm trying not to say it funny. He said that Jesus gave him his mental breakdown because he went to the beach with his wife. Saints, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Why would God give you a mental breakdown for spending time with your wife and the beach belong to you? The beach is mine. All these half-naked people on the beach are trespassers. It, this is our father's land. This is our father's stuff, our father's nature, our father's beauty, and we have a right to access it. And everyone that's going against our father, they are the trespassers on the land. We're the ones with the deed and title to it. Our big brother, Jesus Christ, has a seven-sealed deed to the earth, and he's going to break every seal until he take full possession of his inheritance. And I'm telling you now, I, I was so sad to hear him say that he felt that God had driven him out of his mind just because he wanted to spend time with his family. But that's what a cult will do to you. And at the end, here is the, the big part. If somebody clipped this and share this or whatever, here's the big part. Let me tell you why people will ignore the spirit. Even though you haven't seen all these things I'm talking about. You see that it don't create the fruits of the spirit. It's not a system of love. It's a system of fear. And you don't fear God. You fear what God can do to you. You don't fear God. You don't, You fear what God will do to you. And Jesus never said that. He said fear him who can destroy both soul and body, body in hell. He never said fear hell. He never said fear hell. He said fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So when you're in a, a system of fear, it can't ever produce the fruit. And that's why he said you'll know him by the fruit. You'll know him by the fruit. Because you'll fool yourself with the logos. You'll, you'll fool yourself with the epistolists, the epistles and the word. You'll fool yourself with that. But one thing that I keep screaming at you is the spirit. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. Shepherdress. What is that? But but let me tell you at the end. Here 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 is the end. The reason why people give up when they reach their cult because they're tired. They're tired of thinking. They're tired of thinking, they're tired of processing. They they've gotten to a point where they said, "No, I found it. I know I found it. 
I I know I'm telling the truth now. I know I'm in the truth now. I I won't I won't I won't be nowhere else because I found the truth and they don't want to think no more. So they join the cult so that the preacher and the church can think for them forever. And if you give into that spirit, you didn't belong to them. But if the spirit of God keeps crying out to you, something's wrong. Something's wrong. You will fight. And I pray that even through looking at this, that if you are in a cult-like situation, something in your spirit keeps saying something's wrong. Something's wrong. If you're in a Herodian cult where everybody can sleep with each other, if you're in a Herodian cult where it's all about money, if you're in a Herodian cult where um, everybody doing whatever they want to do, as long as the brand is intact, if you're in that kind of a cult, I hope something say something's wrong. If you're in the type of cult where you can't think for yourself, you can't have your own look, you can't dress uh, how you feel, you have to be in a three-piece suit or you're not saved, you got to wrap your head in a whole bunch of towels or you're not saved, if, if you're in a place like that, I hope something in your head says something's wrong, something's wrong, until the Holy Spirit brings you out. It says, wow, let's not forget you can't take a vacation, but the pastor and family can Wait for the fake prophecy to stop you from, from doing something. Lord have mercy. I've seen that a thousand times. This has blessed my soul on tonight. I'm glad it did, Sister Danzy. I'm glad it blessed your soul. I hope that somebody's heart cry out and say, you know what? I need to do something different. I need to do something different. And if that happens, I know that God will, will bring somebody out of that situation. Once again, a cult uses fear, guilt, abuse, uh, they make the pastor into a god. They make celebrity pastors, and they dishonor marriages and families. And there's so many more areas we could go down tonight, but I don't want to exhaust it all. Uh, once again, it's about 21 of you still here. Uh, if you would like to be a blessing to the ministry, on cash out with dollars on the unction. It's a lot of good things that we're doing in the community. We're doing for families, and we hope that you'll be a part of that. You'll uh, allow us to keep serving. Uh, we're doing some things for marriages very soon, and I'm, I'm going to put together a one-day event for marriage in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, if it goes well, we'll take it to other cities, but we, we really want to help marriages. Any pastor who is more concerned about numbers and putting people in seats, oh my gosh, I, you know what, I, I got to give this one. This one is the dynamite. I don't know how I left this out of my scriptures. Jesus said that the downward road is broad. The road to destruction is broad, and the way the gate is wide, and the Bible says many there be that enter therein. But the scripture turns around and says, narrow is the gate, straight, narrow is the way, straight is the gate that lead to life everlasting. If you're part of a church, oh, we baptized 300 people this week. We baptize a thousand people over here in this country. Oh, we baptize twenty five hundred more people. We baptize seventy five more people the other day. Oh, so many people coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, somebody lying, and I know it ain't Jesus, because you're saying that you have a ready made church everywhere you go, and Jesus said it's a narrow way that only a few people can find. Thank you for clipping it. I appreciate it. Jesus said it's a narrow way that people can't find. So if everywhere you go, you open it up two and three and four churches, you're a cult leader. Because this narrow way, only Jesus can provide it. 
You said, well, how do you make it to the narrow way? Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the way, me. If Jesus don't save you, you're not saved. That's that's how you get saved. Jesus save you. <laughs> so for people out here talking about, oh, everywhere I go, ready-made church, you a lie and the truth ain't in you. Because the Bible says in the last day, there's a falling away. Not a building up of everything. It's a falling away. So the church that exists today is um, is is an apostate. And uh, okay, well I'm, I'm gonna look that up. And I'm not saying. And once again, I'm not saying that um, you know, people cannot do a great work for God in this last day. But what I am saying is, if you have decided who is receiving salvation, who not, you're a liar. Because the Bible says there's a number that no man can number. Do you know why you can't number it? Because you're not the one who determines who's saved. I don't care what they said. I don't care how many different types of water. You could have put them in spicy water, oily water, pink water, hot water, cold water, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You could have, you could have said whatever you wanted to say. If Jesus didn't save them, they're not saved. There's a number that man can't number. You can't number them. So uh, once again, <laughs> we thank God for those of you who have looked on tonight. It has truly been a blessing. Uh, once again, if you would like to be a blessing to the ministry, dollar sign the unction, dollar sign the unction. Uh, this has been very informative. We are going to go. I think I do a part two of this. I think I do a part two of this. This is pretty cool. Uh, there was a lot of response tonight, and we're going to go even further into what constitutes cultic behavior. Uh, I, I even want to get into some more fringe cults. I want to get into um, witchcraft in the church again because it, it's so many iterations of this thing. And I thank you for viewing on tonight. Thank you for helping me to grow. Like, share, subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Like, share, subscribe. Hit the notification bell. You don't know how helpful just that is. You don't understand just how wonderful that is. When you come out of these cultic ministry, God has to literally turn you upside down and shake you out and refill you with the truth. That is the God honest truth. I think that's a good way to end. Let God empty you of anything but him. And then you'll fear nothing but God. When you start getting to a point where your reverence is towards God and you have a respect and love, let, oh my gosh, I keep trying to let it go. If you're in a place where you can love on God, but you don't care to love on God's people, you have a disdain for God's people, and that can be in your house. You can be a cult of one. Why didn't I say this at the beginning of it? You can be a cult of one. If you have this thing where you say, oh, I love God, but you have a disdain for God's people, you're in a cult, and it might be a cult of one. For the Bible says, how do you know that you've passed from death to life? The scripture says, in that you love the brotherhood. Love one another, saints. God bless you. God keep you. Heaven smile upon you. We love you.